I thank God for our musicians and for all who have led us so beautifully in worship today. I thank God for Carolyn and Jonathan leading us in the public profession of faith in Christ and the symbol of holy baptism. Thank God for all of you who are worshiping with us online, as well as all of you who have joined us in person today. We're in a sermon series called Crosswise. We're talking about different meanings of Jesus' death as we find explained in Holy Scripture. Today, I want to draw your attention to Romans 6, verses 1 through 11. I will read from the New Revised Standard Version. And the title of today's sermon is Participation on the cross, dying to sin, rising to walk. Paul writes, What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Lord God, in this preaching moment, I simply ask that you would help me to speak your word. Help them to hear your word. And Lord, help us all to do your word. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. My parents recently moved from their longtime home in South Carolina to their new home in Midlothian. And it is a great joy to have them near. When they were packing up to move, they brought me a few boxes of my old stuff they had found. There were five or six boxes of stuffed animals from my childhood, report cards from middle school, pictures from high school, letters from college, and so on. As I sat on the floor of our home, going through the contents of these storage boxes, I was reminded of different things I participated in as a youngster. There were trophies from Little League reminding me of playing ball. There were photos of 
musical groups reminding me of different people I had made music with, things like that. I found some items from Furman University, and I remembered how we used to go to Furman football games when I was young. Sometimes my dad would sing the national anthem on the field at the start of the game, and we'd make homemade confetti to throw whenever Furman scored a touchdown. Much of my time at those Furman games, however, was spent uh, over in a, a grassy area beside the bleachers playing football with other kids. Uh, whenever Furman kicked off against VMI or William and Mary, our little game kicked off too. We didn't just want to watch football. We wanted to participate. In one of the storage boxes I was going through, I found a stack of old concert tickets that reminded me of bunch of concerts I had attended and it reminded me of one particular concert I went to it was an Alan Jackson concert at Little John Coliseum that I I went to see with some friends of mine in high school and I distinctly remember on the way there my friend Amanda put in an Alan Jackson CD and started playing his music and one of our friends in the car said hey aren't we gonna be listening to these same songs in about an hour why are we listening to Alan Jackson on the way to hear Alan Jackson but Amanda just turned the volume up. Uh, she wanted to go over some of Alan's hits so that when we got to the show, she could sing along. She didn't just want to listen to the music. She wanted to participate. Not everyone wants to participate in everything of course but there's a widespread urge to get involved in what's happening this is why so many TV shows especially over the last 20 years have involved viewers by inviting them to vote on who stays on the show and who gets kicked off this is also why so many of us myself included enjoy filling out an NCAA tournament bracket this time of year so when we watch the games we can see how our picks do and how well we predicted the winners of the various games. Spectators can also be participants if they so choose. It is similar with the cross of Christ. While many people stay away from the cross and others merely admire it, there are those who want to participate in the cross. The Apostle Paul told the Philippians he wanted to share in the sufferings of Christ and to be conformed to the death of Christ. He told the Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. He's talking about participation on the cross. Participation is possible because Christ died for our benefit. He died for us, for our forgiveness, for our atonement, for our redemption, for our liberation, for our salvation. The cross is intended for our participation. In fact, Paul told the Corinthians, 
that Christ died for all, therefore all have died. There is overlap between the death of Christ and the death of believers. There is unification on the cross between Christ and Christians. If you look carefully at the cross, you'll see the whole church hanging there. Which is why Paul asks in Romans 6, 3, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Baptism, the ritual of conversion, symbolizes the believer entering into the death of Jesus Christ. This is no ball game to play. This is no concert to sing along with. This is no TV show to vote on. This is the death of the Savior of the world. And those who want to participate in it do so by faith. Not many church signs along the roadside say, join us on the cross. But this is the heartbeat of baptism and the foundation of Christian identity. The ancient preacher John Chrysostom said, baptism is the cross. Indeed, when we put our faith in Christ, we die on the cross with Christ. This is a spiritual death in which we die to sin. The moment we confess Jesus is Lord. We die to the power of sin. And by the grace of God, we are transferred from the dominion of sin into the dominion of Christ. Those with faith in Christ no longer live under sin's power, but instead live under Christ's power. Which is why we understand ourselves as dead to sin. Faith, therefore, begins with death, and baptism is the funeral. Listen to verse 4. We have been buried with Christ by baptism into his death. The Greek term here literally means co-buried. It suggests that when we die with Christ to sin, we are also buried with Christ in the same tomb. The idea is that our old sinful self has died and is buried in the same tomb with Christ the moment we are submerged into the waters of baptism. Soon after Christ was buried, though, the big stone at the entrance to the tomb was rolled away and his dead body was resurrected to new life. Likewise, we who have died with Christ and have been buried with Christ are also raised with Christ to new life. Baptism does not end with burial. The burial is but a flash. In fact, sometimes right before a baptism, a baptismal candidate will ask me, how long are you going to hold me under the water? And I assure them, I will not hold them under the water long at all. For they must rise from the watery grave 
to new life. Too often Christians conceptualize the rite of baptism and the meaning of the cross in merely transactional terms, as if faith and baptism simply guarantee a happy afterlife. Although baptism indeed offers the glorious promise of everlasting life in the kingdom of heaven, this is not Paul's immediate point. His point is that we are raised to walk in newness of life here and now. We are resurrected with Christ to live a transformed life on earth. Theologian Karl Barth wrote, The person who emerges from the water is not the same person who entered it. One person dies and another is born. Indeed, verse 4 says, Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. The image of walking here evokes our daily conduct, the way we comport ourselves ethically, the way we treat other people. Since we are born anew, we walk in a different way after we are baptized. You know, after being baptized in water, we have to concentrate on walking as we exit the water. I often tell baptismal candidates to be careful when they walk out so that they don't slip. Those baptized today had to exit the baptistry, navigate a set of steps, and make their way back to a dressing area. I've done river baptisms before where those who were baptized had to make their way back to the edge of the water and climb a muddy river bank and then ascend a grassy hill after that. Likewise, spiritually speaking, when we come out of the waters of baptism, we are careful to walk in newness of life. We do not walk as our former self under the dominion of sin. We do not walk as the person we used to be under the power of sin. We walk in a new way. A dynamic way, a powerful way, a different way, a regenerated way. In fact, we walk with the life of Christ pulsating in our veins. Verse 5 says, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. The Greek term translated united literally means grown together. If we have been grown together with Christ. Etymologically, this word evokes how individual trees sometimes grow together and become one tree. The technical term for when trunks or branches of two different trees grow together is inosculation. This can occur whether the trees are of the same species or different species. In any case, when one tree is engrafted into another, they end up sharing the same life, the same sap, and the same vitality. 
the text suggests that we are engrafted into Christ as one tree growing together with another. This means that his death is our death and his life is our life. To live as a baptized believer then is to live with Christ and to live like Christ here and now. Unfortunately, I was sorry to read last week about a recent survey conducted by the Episcopal Church which found that non-Christians often see Christians as hypocritical. When the survey asked whether Christians overall are compassionate, the majority of Christian respondents said yes, but only 15% of adherents of other religions said yes. And only 12% of persons with no religion said yes. The survey further asked if Christians embody character traits such as humbleness, honesty, and love. And in every case, Christian respondents had a more positive assessment of Christians than non-Christian respondents did. It appears to me that our witness to ourselves is pretty good. But our witness to non-Christians could stand to improve. The presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church, Michael Curry, commented, There's a disconnect between the reality of Jesus and the perceived reality of Christians. I don't know this, but perhaps we've been so excited about the promise of eternal life and the kingdom of heaven that we have sometimes neglected to walk in newness of life on earth. Paul is clear, though, that we die with Christ to sin and we are raised with Christ to walk in newness of life. To walk in newness of life is to walk like Christ in this world. In fact, the Greek word translated like in verse 5 can connote an image or a copy. We are called to walk as a copy of Christ. When my daughters were younger, we often played this little game called copy walk. It's a simple game. I walk and they copy me. Then they walk and I copy them. Sometimes I would take really long steps, you know, and turn to watch them take these long steps. Sometimes I would raise my foot high off the ground as I walked and watch them raise their feet up high. Sometimes I would spin around or wave my arms while I was walking. Then I'd love watching them wave their arms and walk. Of course, the time came when it was their turn. And I had to copy them. And when Maggie was three or four years old, she almost always did the same walk. And it's difficult for me to describe what she did, but it was a high-stepping walk in which she swung her feet from the outside to the inside, and she waved her arms erratically and rapidly. It looked like an insane version of running in place, essentially. She did this almost every time we played the game. Well, one day we were walking downtown on Main Street in the small town where I used to pastor. And Maggie wanted to play copy walk. So I took my turn 
And after I got done, it was her turn, and I thought, oh, no. And sure enough, she went ahead without any hesitation and did her signature walk right there on the sidewalk by Main Street. So I found myself 10 or 15 seconds later, later walking like a crazy person with the cars passing by, of people passing by, having to copy Maggie. I knew that the people must have thought that Baptist preacher has lost his mind. As baptized people, what makes our walk new and different is that it's a copy walk with Christ. He has freed us from the power of sin by his death. And he has raised us to new life by his resurrection so that we can walk as he walks. Christ walks with compassion in a calloused world. So we walk with compassion. Christ walks with humility in a prideful world. So we walk with humility. Christ walks with generosity in a greedy world, so we walk with generosity. Christ walks to bring encouragement in a disheartening world, so we walk to bring encouragement. Christ walks to bring healing in a hurting world, so we walk to bring healing. Christ walks toward the outcast in an exclusive world, so we walk toward the outcast. Christ walks to bring good news to the poor and freedom to the oppressed. So we walk to bring good news to the poor and freedom to the oppressed in an unjust world. Christ walks to bring the love of God to anybody and everybody in a hostile world. And so we walk to bring the love of God to anybody and everybody. As we copy walk with Christ, we may look crazy to the outside world, but given the recent data, perhaps if they saw us truly copy walking with Christ, they might turn and marvel at the newness of life we demonstrate, and they might even want to participate. After sorting through those boxes from my parents' house, I had revisited old photos, letters, souvenirs, trinkets, report cards, all kinds of things. I threw most of it away, but I kept a fair number of items. One item in particular stuck out to me. Of all the things I had participated in, Of all the memorabilia contained in those boxes, the thing that stuck out most was a single sheet of paper. I'm actually planning to get a frame for it because it's so precious to me and it marks something I continue to participate in, something I will never stop participating in. Here's a sheet right here. It says, this certifies that Noel Schoonmaker was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit the 28th day of January 2001, First Baptist Church of Greer, South Carolina. And at the bottom it says this, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? 
Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Amen.